Hello everyone, Alan here and welcome back to the Boys in Green podcast. I hope you are having a good weekend of course. Uh, I certainly am after the game yesterday against Hearts, which obviously we'll talk about Celtic booking their place in the Scottish Cup semi-final. Uh, we did obviously play them on Wednesday night as well, so we'll talk about both games in this episode of the podcast and we'll also get on to talking about the brand new fourth kit, which is coming out on Thursday, I believe. I believe, as I say that, mainly based off my pre-order of the kit, which is coming on Thursday. So, looking forward to that, definitely, as a topper. But I'll let you know my thoughts about it a bit more as the podcast episode goes on. Uh, thank you to everybody that has been supporting the podcast so far and been giving me some constructive feedback in terms of our audio and everything else like that. I basically had to kind of throw myself in the deep end when it came to doing this podcast. So, hopefully, it sounds a little better this week. We'll obviously be working to improve it every single time. It's been a fairly uh, quiet week so far for Celtic news. Mainly, mainly the uh, the fourth kit and the two Hearts games. I think is the main focus of calling. So. We'll move on to the Hearts games first of all. We'll get them out of the way. We'll start off with Wednesday night's game. Um, a bit of rotation, as Ange kind of said in the press conference in midweek. They were hoping to get a bit of rotation in, and we saw the likes of Abada get a start after his performance against St Mirren the previous week at St Mirren Park. Uh, we were hoping to see a bit more of Haxabanovic as well, but obviously... He didn't start the Hearts game on Wednesday night. He did start on Sunday, which was very, very good and very well deserved in my opinion. I think a lot of Celtic Twitter was going on about uh, letting Haxabanovic cook, which I'm fully on board with. Absolutely let him cook. Uh, But we'll talk about Wednesday night. A bit of rotation for both sides. Uh, No Shankland or anything like that for either game for Hearts. Uh, I think they were kind of resting people for the game on Saturday as well. And Hearts got a bit of an early early break of joy. They managed to get a good ball in past Tony Ralston, who had come back for his first game after his big injury, of course. Get done for pace off Andy Halliday, which is... Which, if it wasn't incredibly bad, it would be impressive, because I don't think Andy Halliday has run that fast for a good five year. Uh, but he got the ball in, great ball in a Gennelli, who got the goal uh, to put us 1-0 down inside six minutes. A bit of VAR checking on that one, but the goal eventually stood but see to be honest the way Celtic have been playing over the last wee while I wasn't particularly worried uh obviously you know speaking to people uh in chats and that while watching the game uh it did look a little bit worrying in that as well but see to be honest there was always something in the back of your mind there's always something there that says that listen once Celtic get themselves going once we get the equaliser we will be fine and it was the same at St Mirren Park the weekend before and equaliser we did get great ball in in towards Dyson Maida, who is still 50-50 on next week's games. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, he is alright, because uh, he did limp off. And he was seen at Celtic Park on crutches. I did see that on Twitter uh, after the game on Wednesday night. So hopefully, he's alright. But brilliant finish. He got himself in the right place at the right time to beat Sander Clark to make it 1-1. And see, at that point... I think it was going to be fine. I think, similar to St Martin, once Celtic got their goal back, they would have just kicked on and kicked on. And they eventually got their two other goals. One from Kyogo, who, by the way, 
Kyogo, if he is not player of the year this season, I think it's a bit of a joke, quite frankly. If he's not even in the nominations for it, because quite frankly, you could have at least four nominations for player of the year for Celtic alone. But of course, knowing the uh, SFA and all that, they won't because they have to do uh, certain levels of pandering to other fan bases, no doubt. Uh, but honestly, you could have four nominations for Celtic alone, and you could have them being Kyogo, Carter Vickers, Rio Hitati, at very minimum. And that's at very, very minimum three. Uh, you could probably substitute a few others in there. Aaron Moy, Callum McGregor, of course, who won it last year. Um, you could have him in there. But honestly, Celtic right now, it's frightening the level we are above everybody else in the country. And I'm not saying that just to be hyperbolic. It is genuinely a level above everyone in the country. We've seen it in the cup final. We've seen it against St Mirren when we had a wee bit of our backs against the wall. We came out with 1-5-1. We've seen it against Hearts. We go a goal down at home. Uh, home record... I was going to say in jeopardy, it wasn't really, uh, but they got back, got three goals, uh, Kyogo popped up with one, and of course Haksabanovic, who got the goal that got me start on Saturday, uh, brilliantly taken finish, that's up there, for, if that's not a Celtic goal of the month, then Celtic TV are slacking quite frankly, and see, to be honest, I think we all have a wee bit of Jennifer Lopez being played over the PA system at Celtic Park, so uh, there we go, 3-1 win in the end, really comfortable in the end, Robbie Nielsen, continuing his crusade of moaning every time they get beat off Celtic and nobody else. Uh, something to do with decapitation or something like that. They were talking about a red card for Alexandro Bernabe for a challenge where he was going for the ball. That, Robbie, is called defending. Maybe you should learn what it is against Celtic from time to time. He might do a wee bit better. Uh, but anyway, 3-1. We go on to the game at Tynecastle. This was the harder one of the two that I thought it would be anyway. I thought, obviously, they had their home crowd behind them at Tynecastle. It's always difficult to go there. And the team was pretty much... Unchanged, we got our fullbacks back. We got Greg Taylor, who started the game, who didn't start on Wednesday night. Uh, we got Alistair Johnson back in, and he was superb. Uh, no disrespect to Tony Ralston, I love his redemption arc, but you can tell that Alistair Johnson, I think, is just a level above him in terms of our quality at the minute. Uh, back two didn't change. Cameron Carter Vickers and Starfield, who himself suffered a wee bit of an injury scare in the Hearts game. We hope that he's going to be alright, but I think he was complaining of something to do with his hip. So hopefully he is not too badly out long term, but as you'll probably hear in the podcast, uh, we have more than an able deputy in Yuki Kobayashi, who, stay tuned for that, I'll let you know what I thought of his performance. But back to back four was just back to what it normally was. Uh, midfield three of McGregor, Aaron Moy and Rio Hitati. That Moy-Hitati partnership is fantastic in the camp position. I think that's your starting position now. Um, I was, was going to say, I absolutely adore the bones off Matt O'Reilly. But I think right now, it is Aaron Moy's place to lose uh, in that midfield alongside Hatati and McGregor. And then obviously, your front three, you had Jota on the right, Haksabanovic getting his start on the left, and of course, Kyogo, our 26th goal now striker for the season. And in terms of my review of the Tynecastle game, uh, it was a complete mismatch. Absolute mismatch. Celtic were on top from minute one, literally, when Aaron Moy stuck it in the back of the net from a fantastic cross for Jota. Brilliant cutback, and that finish for Aaron Moy is absolutely superb. There's something about those kind of finishes, especially the ones that's like when you can hear the sound hitting the net. I think Callum McGregor's against Rangers in this Scottish Cup semi-final what springs to mind on that one, but it was a fantastically taking finish on his left foot. So, so difficult to get that technique right, and Aaron Moy sticks it in the back 
back in the net after just two minutes to make it Celtic 1, Hearts 0. Um, Hearts did get themselves into the game a wee bit, but nothing that was really particularly threatening. The closest they got, of course, was that double save for Joe Hart, uh, forcing a save from, I think it was Ginelli the first time, and then clawing it round at the side when Hill was coming in to pop in the rebound. Um, it was a bit raging for a foul, Joe Hart, and that as well. I'm not sure what it was. I think maybe he may have had a wee bit of contact when he was down palming the ball away but still not bad for a 34 35 year old goalkeeper who's apparently quite mistake prone i've been i've been critical myself of joe hart's distribution but honestly his shot stopping ability is absolutely superb even now you can tell that he has a premier league double golden glove winner and he really really saved celtic from getting an equalizer getting them scored against them. I think that would have G'd up the Hearts crowd. I think Celtic would have went on to win the game, no doubt, but obviously, you know, you do, as Ange kind of said after the game, you don't really want to give Hearts anything at Tyne Castle, which thankfully we didn't, and we went on to make it two inside just before half-time. Uh, Kyogo's finish for there, absolutely superb. Echoes of the Dembele goal in the League Cup, I think it was, was it the League Cup semi-final back in 2016 or 17, where Dembele scored that, uh, the cross for Griffiths into Dembele who had the double nutmeg, uh, very similar kind of finish, only this time it goes across Xander Clark and into the corner of the net for 2-0. Uh, half time, no real complaints, uh, obviously just keep doing what you're doing, you can never really complain too much when you're 2-0 up inside 45 minutes at Tynecastle. Uh, got the subs on, we got to see a wee bit more of Lee Labada, we got to see Matt O'Reilly, we got to see O, um, basically just kind of strengthen up the team, but obviously the two substitutes I want to give a wee bit of a special mention to was Yuki Kobayashi, who came on for Carl Starfield at half-time, uh, he looked fantastically solid in that centre-back role next to Cameron Carter-Vickers, uh, if, Car if Carl Starfield is out long-term, I've got no complaints with putting Kobayashi in there, he looks very, very solid, very strong, knows how to get into a challenge, and I think he will provide a very, very able and deputy backup for Starfelt if he's out long term. Obviously, get well soon, Carl. And I'm not probably going to be probably not every Celtic supporter is going to be wishing Carl Starfelt good luck after uh, certain pictures that went out on Celtic Twitter a couple of weeks ago with him and Jacinta. But rest assured, the Boys in Green podcast is wishing Carl a very, very speedy recovery if his injury turns out to be a bit more longer term than we hope. Uh, and also, I want to give a special mention to Tomoki Iwata. He came in for, I think, a good half an hour there and made that number six role his own. Uh, obviously, it allowed Callum McGregor to kind of get pushed a wee bit further forward next to Rio Hitate. I would like to see that a bit more, actually, obviously. I'd like to see Tomoki in that number six role and maybe experiment a wee bit with putting McGregor further forward, maybe like he was under Brendan Rodgers when he was in charge at Celtic. So, but again... Absolutely fantastic. We get our third goal. It's a very, very poor goal to concede from Hearts' point of view. Cameron Carter-Vickers pretty much as a free header above the Hearts' defence. Makes it 3-0. Celtic are in the draw for the Scottish Cup semi-final and keeping that treble dream alive. And now that's it for the two Hearts games. I'm going to get on to my second topic in this podcast. And that is, of course, the Origins kit. The fourth kit that is being released on Thursday as I record this on Sunday. Um, a lot of mixed opinion on this one when it came out last week. Uh, a lot of people were thinking it was maybe next season's kit. Um, and I think a lot of people have kind of said about the Clover and not the Celtic badge being on there. Maybe it's 
a sign that Celtic are maybe going for this oversimplified look that every every football club seems to be going for at the current moment. But I don't think so. I really, really like this top. I think it's brilliant. I love the wee tricolour trims at the sleeves and the collar. I think that's really, really nice. I actually do like the clover there as well. It reminds me of a Celtic training top. I think it was 2011-12. I think it was Lennon's first season and his first spell in charge where we had like a training top like that. It was a Nike one and it was like a clover there as well. Somebody that's listening to the podcast, please let me know if I'm right on this one. But I really like that and I really like this. I love the sort of clover whenever Celtic do it. Uh, they did it last year, of course, for the away kit uh, with the wee sort of Celtic knots around it, which was absolutely superb. And I really, really do like this one as well. I've already pre-ordered it, so it's going it's going to be here on Thursday. Uh, if you tune out in the flat chat, you might see it in a few videos on Thursday coming up after that. You never know your luck on that one. But that is it. That is going to be my quick discussion on the games uh, on Wednesday and Saturday. And, of course, the fourth kit as well. And that's going to be the second episode of the Boys in Green podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to try and make these episodes a wee bit longer. I'm going to kind of maybe commit to bringing them out every Sunday uh, as sort of like a week in review for Celtic News. It was, a bit qu- it was a pretty quiet week this week for Celtic News other than the games. Uh, obviously, we're hoping that Dyson Maida and Carl Starfelt do well. I think it'll be a bit of a juicier episode next weekend as we go into further league business and, of course, continue our bid for the treble. But if you enjoy the podcast and you're new here, feel free to hit the follow button on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm looking to get this on more podcast platforms as well. So stick tuned for that if you're on the likes of Google or Amazon, I'll be looking to get them on there as well. So that's going to be it. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. My name is Aaron, and thank you for listening to the Boys in Green podcast.